All right. How many of you guys believe you were made to make a difference? Come on. I'm going to ask you every week until you believe it yourself. Were you made to make a difference? Say yes. Come on. You were. God made you with purpose in mind. He formed you in your mother's womb. And, uh, and you were made to make a, a, a difference. And you've got what it takes. If you've got Jesus in your heart, you've got what it takes. Jesus is your empowerer. Jesus is your strength. Jesus is the one that's going to give you the, the wisdom and the guidance to accomplish what he's placed on your heart to do. You've got what it takes. I want you to get that on the inside and believe that as we go through the, the different the, the challenges, the ups and the downs of walking out a calling on our life. And that's what this series is all about. And we, we're looking at the children of Israel. And we're looking at a guy named Joshua, who God called him to lead a group of people to the promised land, into their destiny. And it started out where, where God called him and he spoke to him. And then the next thing is God confirmed that word. God, God spoke that through other people into his life and over those people. It was confirmed. And God's always going to confirm a word over your life. If, if there's a directional word over your life, a, a word that is going to lead you to move, that's going to lead you to, to uh, uh, make a change in your career, it's going to lead you to take over a new opportunity, God will always confirm that word. He'll confirm that word. That means other people, other sources will say, yes, yes. That's what we see too. They'll confirm that word. And so we saw that in the life of Joshua. And then they had to step out in faith. And, and every time that you are obedient to God, every time that you, that you answer the call of God on your life, it's going to require a step of faith. And faith is risky. That's the essence of what faith is. is it's taking a risk. Trusting that God knows what He's talking about. And so they took this risk of crossing over a river and, and God told them that if they, if once, once they put their feet in the water, the water's going to stop and they'll walk across dry land. That's risky, right? That's risky to say. And so, so that's what Joshua told his people, and they, and they took the risk with him, and, and they stepped, and lo and behold, God came through just the way that he said he would. And the water stopped, and they walked on dry land, and where we pick up the story now in chapter 4, They've walked across, and God says, gather 12 stones, one to represent each tribe. There are 12 different tribes within the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people today. Israelites. Israelis is what we'd call them today. And, and they cross over this, this river, and God says, grab 12 stones out, one from each tribe. And so they each grab one, and, and they build and this pile of stones on the other side of this river. And that's where we pick up the story. I'm going to read in Joshua chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. And it says, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the sea 
dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you you speak to us, you lead us, you guide us. And, and Lord, I ask that every one of us would be receptive to what you have to say through me today, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I had an interesting opportunity this week. I, I went to, on uh, Chase Palm Park, there's the, the moving wall, which is, is a display of the, uh, the Vietnam uh, Veterans Memorial Wall, and it has the list of all the names of those who died, men and women that died in the Vietnam War, and uh, it's, it's a solemn thing to go there. I've never been to D.C., and that's why they created this wall. I think it's been going around for 20 or 30 years, and um, the replica was created for those that, that weren't able to go to D.C. or haven't had a chance yet so that they can experience what it's like. And so they set it up just like the, the original wall there in D.C. And, and it's a much, I think it's half the size. It's made out of metal instead of stone. But, but it, it's interesting. You go there and they have some signs up and it says, please don't bring drinks or, you know, food or, or tobacco or gum or anything like that. And, and just kind of respect this site. And so I went there by myself and parked and, and, and walked around and just kind of looked at it. I don't have any relatives or friends that, that, that died in the Vietnam War, but, um, but many do. And, and, and so I wanted to walk and I wanted to see it. And I was walking around and, and there were some guys there that, that I got to talk to and that were in the war and, and they'll help you find, you know, family members. And I kind of found out their system of how you can easily find family members and friends that, that passed away, find their name on the wall. And, um, I don't know, it was a powerful experience being there, and it makes you so grateful for those that have served our country, and that have given their lives, and those who, who have served, and, um, and, and just made that sacrifice, knowing that their life was on the line, and they, they were there ready to, to go to war on our behalf, and that's something amazing, and um, I've never had that desire personally, and so I'm so grateful for those that, that do, but I was there, and, and I and I was struck by this memorial, and I thought, what, what is this memorial? What does it represent? And really what it represents is it's, it's a praise. It's a praise to those that, that gave their life. It's an honor to those. It, 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 was, it was made, and it's the memorial in D.C. And, and the one that's traveling around. It was created to memorialize, to honor, to praise to give glory, even, to those that made the ultimate sacrifice of giving their life. It was, it was created to, to make famous those that many of us don't even know their names. Their, their families and their friends, they know, they, they feel it. But someone said, we, we've got to create something where people can see the names and can, can touch and can relate to these people and the sacrifice that they made. And that praise, that, that memorial, that wall, was a witness of those who had gone. 
That memorial, that praise is a witness to the sacrifice that those people made. It's a, it's a visible witness to what happened in our history and the lives that were given. And that's, that's, that's the line I want you to grab hold of today. Is the, these memorial stones that are in this text, they're a praise to God. Just like that wall is a praise to men and the sacrifice they made, those 12 stones were a praise to God and a memorial to what God had done. And that praise is a witness. And if there's one statement that I want you to get deep in your spirit today, it's that your praise is a witness. Your praise is a witness to all those around you. Your praise is a witness of what God has done in your life. Your praise, your thankfulness, your gratefulness, your honor, your glory that you give to God is a witness to the world of who Jesus is and what he has done in your life. Your praise is a witness. Let's, let's get back to the text here because I want to talk about some real tangible, practical ways here. So God says, I want you to take 12 stones. Now, this isn't an idol. This is not an idol worship. This is a memorial. This is just a, a, a remembrance of something that God did in their life and in their history. And he says, I want you to set it up in Gilgal. So then in verse 21, then Joshua spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what are these stones? Then they shall let then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over the Jordan on dry land. The parents will testify to the children. When you walk your kids by this pile of stones, it'll be a witness of what I did in your life. Your praise will be a witness. Your, your memorial, your praise, your honor, your glory will be a witness to your children of my goodness and my faithfulness to you. I find it so interesting. I used, used to be in youth ministry. And it, it was amazing how parents thought that in one hour a week, we could perform a miracle and that their kids would suddenly love Jesus and serve God when the other 167 hours in a week, they're living in hell, right? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Right? So, so, so the parents think that they can just let them do whatever, not talk about Jesus, not have a prayer time of their own, not worship God, not make church a priority, but if I drop them off at youth group for one hour a week, that youth pastor better do something with them or else, right? And it's all my fault if their kid doesn't get turned around. I got one hour a week. God is saying right here in this text, he's saying, as a parent, your praise is a witness. Your praise of me, your devotion to me, your priority of me in your life, that's a witness to your children. And it's the same thing as friends, as loved ones, as family members. Our praise is a witness to all those around us. We aren't responsible for everybody, but we're responsible for those around us, right? We're responsible for the people around us, for, for, for our praise to go out, for our witness to go out. To those around us now we can't we can't make a decision for them if they want to follow jesus or not but we can't just assume that they, ah, they don't they don't want to hear about that they don't want to know about that they, they don't want to they don't 
I better not talk about that. That might upset them. That might, that might hurt their feelings. I'm not going to No, you're praised. You don't have to put anything on me. You just tell them about the goodness of God in your life. Let me tell you about what God has done for me. Let me tell you how God delivered me. Let me tell you how God set me free. Let me tell you how, how bad off I was and then God came into my life. Let me tell you how down I was and then I prayed. Let me tell you how I was sick the other day and I prayed and God healed me. Come on, Cammie just gave me a praise 10 minutes ago of how good God is. And I, I can praise right now. My knee Monday was horrible. And it was clicking and clacking and doing all kinds of weird stuff. I don't even know what it was doing. And I just knew, I, I, I thought, this is not of God. And I began to pray, and I kept praying, I kept praying. And Friday, it's good to go. And I'm good ever since. And I'm, pray, I'm giving praise right now. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a praise break right now to tell you of what God has done in my life, and that's a witness to the goodness of God. Your praise is a witness. Now, what are some practical ways? What are some tangible ways that we can, our praise can go out? So what are you talking about? Are we supposed to Bible thump, right? Pastor, are you, are you telling me to go, go just start Bible thumping people and hit people over the head with a Bible and tell them, come on, get your life right? No, no, I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you that at all. I'm telling you a couple things. Let me tell you one thing. The first thing you do, what are, what are four ways that your praise is a witness? Four ways that your praise is a witness. These are practical, tangible, basic. There, there's a hundred ways we could do it. Let me tell you four. Number one, baptism. Water baptism. I, I get to, after service today, go over to Ledbetter Beach, and anybody who wants to go, and, and baptize a young woman that gave her life to Christ last Sunday night in Goleta. Come on, Goleta. Come on, we got a church in Goleta that meets on Sunday night. And uh, people are getting saved there. And so, so she gave her life to Jesus, and she said, what's my next step? I said, get water baptized. And, and she said, do you think I'm ready? I said, it's not about being ready. You just do it. You know, you just, you just step out by faith. Because I, I, are we ever ready to do anything? No, you just step out by faith. And, and the beautiful thing about water baptism, I was, I was, God just, I felt like dropped it in me last night as I was in bed. And, and thinking about water baptism, because water baptism is weird. Can we just say it, right? Can I just say water baptism? Like, I'm, hey, we're going to meet at the ocean. I was explaining it to her this week, you know. We're going to meet at Ledbetter Beach. And then I'm going to put you underwater, and then you're going to come out, and it's spiritual. And it's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, whatever you say, man, you know? Now, if you grew up in church, you're like, yeah, it's water baptism. Everybody does that, duh, you know? And you just kind of, yeah, that's a thing. But if you didn't grow up in church, that's really weird. And, and I was thinking about that, and I thought, man, it's so weird, God. You know, why do you, why do you make us do that? And, and I felt like the Lord said, that's how every step of faith is. You don't understand why, but you do it by obedience. And then many times after the step of obedience, we get the revelation of why. Now, there's all kinds of scripture why we do it to relate with Jesus. Jesus was buried in a grave, and then he rose from the dead, and he came out in his resurrected body. He was a new creation. And so the same thing, when we go in this water, we represent, hey, the old man is dying, and now you're coming up a new person. And so that, that makes sense, you know, in, in our mind. But at the same time, it's a step of faith. You know, it, it, as much scripture as I could give you about water baptism, at some point you just got to say, you know what, I'm, God, you said do it. Jesus, you did it. So I'm just going to, okay, I'm going to follow you. And every step of faith after that. But water baptism, how is it a praise? It's, it's a public display of what God has done in your heart. 
you're everybody at the beach. I don't know who's going to be at the beach today, but I know there's going to be somebody at the beach. And when we do it, people are going to, it's going to be a public witness of her faith, her praise to God, her obedience to God, and her saying, God, you're God, I'm not. I'll do what you say. That's a praise. That praise to God is a witness to all those around. And if you need to get baptized, 1215 Ledbetter Beach, let's do it. Just come on, we'll do it. So that's number one. Number two, your commitment to the local church. Uh Uh-oh, come on. Your commitment to the local church. Wow, is that counterculture? Commitment to anything is counterculture today, it seems like. But your commitment to say, on your day off, you're going to come gather together and worship God with other people. That's weird too, right? That's just like, why, why, why do you have to do that? Why should you do that? I don't have to do that, right? I can just watch church from home, right? I can just, come on, TBN. Come on, Daystar. They got it on demand. You can even pick your preacher online now. Whoever you want. If you want Joel, amen, you know? Come on. Or if you're more of a Bishop Jakes and, you know, he walks around like this. Praise God, you know? Whoever you want. I love them all. Why do we got to come to church? That, 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 that is a praise to God saying, God, your word says, don't forget the assembling of the saints. Acts 2 through 42, through, through 42 to 44 says they gathered together in the public place and then from house to house. There's a model there. there there's there's the, the, tone, the tone is set. Hey, we gather. Get this. Where was Jesus when he declared that he was the Messiah? He was in church. And it says he was where he always was on the Sabbath. Hello. Jesus, you think Jesus needed to go to church? You think Jesus got anything out of that? No, he went as a habit. He went in obedience to show us that this is what you do. You gather with other believers. And you get built up in your most holy faith. And that praise, it's a witness to your kids. Come on. If you're a parent, it's a witness to your kids that this is a priority in our life. This is important to us. This is something that me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that means we're going to gather together with other believers. And we're going to say this is priority. This is important to us. Your praise is a witness. I was meeting with a guy this week, and, and it just broke my heart. I reached out to him. See, I challenged you guys last week. I don't know if you remember. But I challenged you last week, and, and I said, you know, I really believe that there is a shift, that there's an opening in this city, that, that, that something's changed, and, and if we'll... If we'll, one more time, just one more time, call that person. One more time, if we'll, if we'll text that person, message that person, just say, hey, how you doing? Can, can I meet with you and have coffee? I just straight up texted a guy, because it's been so, I've invited him to church so many, I just said, hey man, been thinking about you. Really, I just know you need to go to church. You know what I mean? Like, I hope it's our church, but you just need to get in church. You know what I mean? And, um, and that one took about two days, but he got back to me and said, I know. I'm going to talk to my wife. We do absolutely need to get in church. That's something that's been weighing on me, and we need to get in church. The other two that I texted, I texted, or I, I texted another guy. I'll tell you about him in a minute. I texted a lady, and, uh, and I said, we're open in Goleta, and she said, 
She said, fantastic. She got the time and the date again. She said, that's great. I've been meaning to come, and I'll get the word out with my friends. I said, praise God. Come on. That was like exceedingly abundantly above, right? And then I talked to this other guy. I texted him. I said, we need to grab coffee. And he said, you know, I was just thinking about you. I was going to do the same thing and text you. And we got together, and we had coffee, and I began to hear some of what he's gone through the past few months. And as he began to describe what he's been going through, he said, man, I've just been going through this attack and this stuff with my family. Now, he's a believer. He loves Jesus. He, watch, he, has, he watches church on TV, okay, every week, faithfully. There's no shortage of getting the Bible in him, okay? So it's not a Bible thing. I'm not saying you, you, you can't get the Bible from home. I'm, you can, I watch a message almost every day. I love watching other preachers. It's not that. He said, and, and, and I went through this. And he said, the attack of the enemy was one of the most brutal things I've ever gone through in my life. And I just felt like I was on an island all by myself. And the enemy was just attacking me. And there was no way. And he said, you know, when you're not in fellowship with other... And I thought, is he preaching to himself right now? He said, when you're not in fellowship with other believers and you can just... The enemy loves to get you alone by yourself, isolated, where you can get attacked where you feel ashamed, where you feel condemned. I said, yeah, you need to come to church, man. You know what I mean? You need to get in church where you can get encouraged, where, where people know your name, where people know what you're going through and can pray with you and can ask you, hey, how's that going? Actually, can you pray with me again right now? Yes, we can. You have to get around other believers. Jesus is not telling you to stay at home and not go to church. I don't know who is, but it's not Jesus. I'll just tell you that. It's either your flesh or it's the spirit of Antichrist, which that gets everybody's eyes perked up. The spirit of Antichrist has been at work since the beginning. It's, it's anti-Christ. It's anti what Jesus instructs us to do. And that spirit, it's coming after you. And it's trying to attack you. And it's trying to keep you from fellowshipping with other believers. Jesus is not telling you that. I love you. I care about you. But, but we, just, we, need, we need to just let that message go out. That's not Jesus. Okay. Your praise is a witness. Your praise, coming to church, is a witness. Number three, giving. Giving. It's a practical way to praise. I remember when we, when we went to buy a house for the first time, and, and I say for the first time because... Praise God, we're going to buy another house. And, uh, and we're going to have one in Santa Barbara. Anybody else with me? Who's going to own a home in Santa Barbara in Jesus' name? Yeah? Come on. And uh, I believe our, our church is going to, the Lord put it on my heart actually when we were in Las Vegas, that our, our uh, church is to, is to start a building fund. Because by faith, we're going to have a building that we can call home, that we can have ministry out of seven days a week. And, uh, and I, I just didn't, I know we don't have to have a building to do church, but I believe that that's something that, that God wants us to have. And so um, God says your, 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 your vats will be full and your barns will be overflowing. But if you don't got a barn for God to put anything in, then uh, he can't overflow it. And so, so we started a, a, a building uh, fund tab on the giving tab. You'll see it there now. So if you want to give towards that by faith, we're believing that God's going to give us that. But giving. I remember when we bought our first home, and, and we're sitting in the room, and they're telling us how much we can afford. You know, the, the loan officer says, you can afford this much, and they look at all your numbers, and they look at everything, and they said, they said we can afford like $600 a month more in a mortgage than we could afford. 
And I said, that's not right. And they give you your little piece of paper. This is how much you can afford. You can look at homes in this price range. So that's not right. I didn't, I didn't understand it at first. And then I realized that they totally took out our tithe. And, and they said, well, that doesn't, that's, that's negotiable. You don't have to do that. You can, you can give that towards a home instead of giving that to your, your charitable contribution. I said, no, that's a non-negotiable. We know how much we can afford for a house because tithing is a non-negotiable. For our family, for our house, we're, we're going to give to God. We're going to give to the church, to the, to the work of the church, to see it go forth because God's word says that we'll be blessed if we do it. And I, I want that blessing on my life. I want that blessing on my family. And I, I, I want to be counterculture in that way. I want my kids to know that, hey, we, we make this a priority. And I can sacrifice in other ways. I can sacrifice other things. But this is a thing that, man, we're going to make a priority in our family and in our family's life. And that praise of God, it's going to be a witness. It's going to be a witness to my children. It's going to be a witness to the loan officer. It's going to be a witness to my neighbors, to my friends, to my family. I know that, that some of you have come to me and talked to me and said your parents have come to you and said, said, what is that cult leader teaching you that you need to give money to the church, you know? And I'm like, oh my goodness. It's just the Bible. You do whatever you want. You know what I mean? I'm not manipulating you. You, you know we're not heavy-handed here. We have a box in the back. And we encourage you to pray about it and ask the Lord. But that praise is a witness to say, hey, my life has changed. I do things a little different because normal wasn't working for me, right? How everybody else does like that just wasn't working for me. And your praise will be a witness. And then finally, serving. Giving of your time to meet the needs of others is a witness. It's the most Christ-like thing we can do. Jesus said, I did not come to be served but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And your life, your service is a witness that you would give up your time and your energy to help other people. Give up opportunities to, to get out of town real quick or to meet up for brunch, right? And, and, and you say, hey, you know, I actually have church during that hour. I'll meet you for lunch, though. Or better yet, why don't you come to church with me, right? Kind of put a little spin on it. And we can go straight from church to grab a bite. But I, I, I said I was going to serve. I said I was going to be there. I said I was going to give my time. I said I was going to do that. And that service, that commitment, that's a witness. That's a witness in this world. It's a witness in, in your family, in your community, to your children, to those around you that, hey, this is important to me. And, and I'm going to honor God with my life and my praise is a witness. And like I said before, if nothing else, and some of you don't have kids in here yet, but if nothing else, let's do it for our kids, right? Let's do it for our nieces, our nephews, for our family members that look up to us. And let's, let's let our praise go out and be a witness. I'm telling you, God will literally move heaven and earth if you give yourself fully to him. And you say, God, I want to do things your way. In 2 Chronicles 1.10, and I have it in the, in the hand. I don't have it on the screen, I don't think. But 2 Chronicles 1.10, it says, Now give me wisdom and knowledge. Actually, maybe we do. Um, just, just verse 10. Now give me wisdom and knowledge. This was Solomon, King Solomon, who became king. And he said, my dad was such a great king. I don't even know how to be king. And God, God said, Solomon, if you ask anything, I'll give it to you right now. 
And this is what he asked for. He said, give me wisdom and knowledge. Here's the reason why he asked. That I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? And we miss that. We read that so I can go out and come in. What does that mean? So we can like walk with prestige in front of the people. Give me wisdom so they can see that I am prestigious in how I walk, how I go out and come in. No, 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 no. That was something that we don't catch in this culture, but what it means to go out was to go to war. His dad was a man of battle. King David was a man of of battle. He said, teach me to go out. Now, what was the purpose of them going out? It was to give praise to God. It was to glorify God. It was to make, to glorify means to make famous. It was to make the name of Jehovah famous. I'm going to go out and make him famous and tell all these people in these lands about him. And all people will know that Jehovah is the true God. That's why I go out. And then he said, teach me how to come in. And the coming in is just like, if you remember Uriah, Bathsheba's, you'll have to Google it later if if you don't know this, I'll try to go quick, but Bathsheba was a woman that, that King David had an affair with, and he got her pregnant, and they thought, oh man, I got her pregnant, and there's no paternity test, so if I just, uh, you know, get her husband back home, then he'll, he'll be with her, and he'll think that he got her pregnant. So he was out to battle, he says, bring Uriah home so that, that he can be with his wife, he didn't tell why, and he says, go be with your wife, Uriah, and Uriah says, no, I can't, I've got to worship God. I've got to come in properly. That's how you came in. After you went out to battle, after you witnessed, you came and praised. Praise and witness were what King Solomon asked for. He said, teach me how to praise you, God. His dad was a prolific praiser. And he said, teach me how to witness. Teach me how to praise. Teach me how to witness. Your praise is a witness. Now let me tell you, when you get an opportunity, after you've given praise and people start to perk up and say, why, why, why do you give to that church? Why do you give money there? Why, why, do you, why do you go there on Sunday mornings on your day off? Why do you volunteer time? Why are you getting baptized? This is, this is what you can do. You can tell them your testimony. You can tell them your story of what God has done in your life. I, I'd, I'd pick the most recent one if I were you. And you can pick a story of, of salvation, your salvation story, how you came to to make Jesus Christ the Savior of your life? What has changed since you gave your life to Jesus? You can tell a story of freedom. Maybe how God delivered you. Maybe you, maybe you were in bondage to, to pornography or to, uh, to drugs or alcohol, and God delivered you and freed you. And you can share a testimony of what God has done in your life. Maybe, maybe you were in bondage to fear. You couldn't sleep at night. You had terrible nightmares, and God freed you of that, and you have perfect peace now. And share that testimony, that story. Maybe a story of healing, like I mentioned earlier. Maybe a story of God's faithfulness. When you were faithless, He was faithful. He still came through for you. When you were in rebellion, He still loved you. He was faithful. Or maybe a story of provision. And as I was thinking about a story, and I'll, I'll give you a story. I'll tell you a testimony of how God provided for us. And I, it's one of my favorites. I just love it. But I love it uh, when... when I love it because Heather's the hero of the story, is what's so good about it. And we were at Bible college, and, and we only had Hadley at the time, and our oldest daughter, and, and I was working valet, parking cars in Dallas. And I worked at one particular restaurant. It was a weekday, so it wasn't going to be a busy night. It was like a Tuesday night at a somewhat new uh, Cuban restaurant. 
and I was going to park cars, and there were probably going to be about 10 cars, and hopefully I'd make, you know, $2 to, to $5 a car. So I wasn't looking at making very much. And Heather prayed because the next day we had a deadline, or maybe we were on the deadline, and I got extended a day. On our, our rent and schooling, it was all tied in. We paid it to the school. We lived on campus there, and we were short 100 bucks. So I, I think I might have paid all we had, and then we had $100 short. And I said, give me another night. And Heather, Heather prayed, and um, is it the first night it didn't? She tells the story. But we had two days to pay it. There you go. So the first night we didn't make it. The second night she prayed, and she said, I pray that, that you get a $100 tip. And I'd never gotten a $100 tip before, you know? Um, but I said, praise God, yes, you know? Let it be so. And I go, I go there on, uh, I'm in Dallas and I'm parking cars and all of a sudden about 7 o'clock, these cars come in. And one of the ladies was the $20 lady. They gave us, her and her husband gave 20 bucks on, on the way in every time. They just gave me 20 bucks. And, and then that was it and I always parked them up close. And so I was like, awesome the $20 ladies here now one night her and her husband I don't know if they had a little too much to drink it's all good though but they uh they gave me 20 on the way in and then then he was walking out to the car he had had too much to drink and he gave me a 20 and I said thank you sir and let me get that door for you you know and I and I and I got the door for him and then she came around to to park the car or to to get in the driver's seat and and she goes um did you hit him already? And I goes, oh yeah, he already took care of me. You guys are good. He already took care of me. And they look at each other, and then the guy goes, hit him again, you know. And, and he, she gave me another twenty, and I was like, yes. That was a different night. Anyways, the twenty dollar lady pulls up, and I'm like, yes, Lord, you know, twenty bucks. I was like, I'll get to the hundred one way or another, you know. And then her friends come in, and she has a friends that like five women come in, and one of the last ones was in a Bentley coupe. Come on. And I'm like tying my shoe. So I'm rushed to they're all parking. I'm tying my shoe down here. She's walk, power walking past me. Do, do, do. And I'm like right here. And I'm thinking she's giving me the key. She's kind of got her hand out like that. And I put up my hand to grab the key. Bam. Put something in there. And I know it's paper. And I just go like that. I go, thank you. And I get up. And I open my hand. Hundred, hundred dollar bill, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, Put that thing in my pocket. That car went whoop, whoop, up front, you know. Prime spot. Got a $100 tip. Come on. That was a, that's a witness of God's provision. Now, what did I do right there? I told of our situation before, right? We, we had a situation. And if it's your salvation story, it's your life before Christ. If it's your freedom story, it's your life before you were free. If it's your provision story, it's your life before you had enough, Right? And you tell about the situation. We needed that $100 bill. We went to God. We asked God, God, we need your help. We talked to God. If it's salvation story, God, I need, I need you to save me of my sins. I need you to forgive me. If it's freedom, God, I need you to free me of, of this drug, of this addiction. If it's provision, God, I need you to come through and provide. And then how God came through, how God provided, and how your life changed afterwards. Three steps. Your life before, how God came into that situation, and then your life after. We were able to pay the bills, and we were going another month trusting God 
that he'll come through again. That's how you witness. It's that easy. That's not off-putting. You guys didn't think, oh man, he's trying to hassle me for money now because he's talking about, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about how God provided for me. And you know what? He's no respecter of persons. He'll do the same for you. If you need him to come through on a bill, ask him. I'll guarantee you this. Anything you don't ask of him, you won't get. Any prayer you don't pray, it won't come through. So you might as well pray it. You might as well ask him. You don't look foolish for asking. You say, God, I know I can't do this on my own. I need you to come through. And when you share that with your friends and your loved ones, that's a witness. That's a powerful witness of what God has done in your life. And there's, there's nothing to argue. You're not talking archaeology, right? You're not talking creation science, Big Bang, what side are you on? You're not talking politics. You're just saying, this is what God has done in my life, and I know he could do the same for you. Can we do that? I want to encourage you. Let's, let's find someone, text someone, message someone, encourage someone this week. Grab coffee. Tell them what God's doing in, in your life. Ask God to give you a word of encouragement for them. Give you a, a scripture to encourage them with. And be a witness in the community to those, those around us. Can we do that? All right. All right. I'm going to pray for us here in a minute. Paul's going to come up. We're going to, we're going to close out in worship. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and I want to give everybody an opportunity to put their faith and trust in Jesus. Like the song says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. There was a time when I didn't know Jesus. And then I gave my life to Jesus and my life changed. I began to hear from God. began to speak to me. And show me. and Reveal to me my destiny and the purpose that He placed me on this earth. And He'll do the same for you. He wants to give you a life that's forgiven, a purpose for living, and a hope hope of heaven one day. And He paid for your sins by dying on a cross, taking your place, being buried, but rising from the dead victoriously. And if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and confess with your mouth that He is Lord, you will be saved. And you do it by faith. It's risky, and you just say, God, I don't know, I don't understand it. It's not about understanding, it's just about saying, God, I just, I feel you moving in my heart. And if, if you feel God moving in your heart today, for those that say that, yeah, I, I just sense God doing something, those are the ones that I'm encouraging. Pray with me right now. No one's gonna call you out or embarrass you. Just pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, out loud or in your heart, say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short of your standards. But Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. And today, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. I want to pray for all of you and
if you want to continue to have your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you say, God, I, I, I just, I need strength for this week. I want to praise. I want to, I want to do all those things. I want to be a witness. I need your strength. Well, Jesus said he'll give you power to be a witness. You're not doing it in your own strength. So if you want to receive that, just put your hands out like to receive a gift. I'm going to pray that God would fill you with this power. In Jesus' name, I speak your power over every person in this room, God. Your grace, your strength, your ability to face what each person has in front of them this week. Relationships, conflicts, financial challenges, friends and loved ones that are a struggle to deal with. God, give them grace and strength. And God, I ask that you give them grace to handle all the success they're going to walk in this week. I thank you that you have wonderful surprises for them, each person, this week. Give them the grace to handle it with humility, God. All that you're going to do for them. Bless your people. I thank you for them. And bless our children, God, that they may know you, love you, and serve you all the days of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.